just got word that our team of students and adults are in Westfield, Indiana. They made it. And so be praying. Yeah, good. Yeah. Be praying for them as they serve uh, our Lord this week on the mission field, uh, helping in homes and spreading the gospel. So uh, if you would open your Bibles to Psalm 24, we are in a study this summer called Family Vacation, where we are looking into uh, various psalms. And I just want to remind you, in case maybe this is your first time or just, you know, the weeks in the middle of them, you may be forgotten. And that is that the psalms are really given to us to inform our prayers. Uh, Jesus, our God, of course Jesus was there, but in the psalms, God the Father gave us, the Lord gave us psalms uh, as a songbook to inform the, the prayers of our life. He didn't give us a narrative to be our prayers, though we have those in Scripture. He didn't give us story. He didn't give us a list of how uh, we should pray. He gave us literal songs to sing to Him, to or to to give us words to pray to our Lord, to inform how we approach Him, how we come to Him, and how we pray to Him. And so really the Psalms are a collection of songs, or songful prayers, or uh, or musical prayers, if you will, to help you and I not just to speak to the Lord, but really to do something in our own hearts and our own lives. These songs, these prayers, these psalms are intended to lift our hearts and to lift our lives into the glory of who God is. To help you and I ascend in a way into His presence. And so my prayer is today, you and I, will be able to ask and answer the question in our prayers, how can I receive blessing from God? How can I receive blessing from God? Now, whereas some of the questions we've asked in previous weeks, I think are are very specific prayers or very specific questions that you and I may ask. We, We talked about anxious concerns two weeks ago. Last week, we, we looked at how can I get past my regrettable un, you know, mistakes and the things that I've done. And this question, I, I'm not sure is as specific in every one of our minds. It may not even be a, a prayer that we have specifically voiced, but I can tell you, I think it is a prayer or thought or question that's at the core of each and every one of us. Though we may not think about it often, we, when we dig deep and when we pause for a moment and when we really get quiet before the Lord, we realize, I want to be blessed. I want the Lord to give me blessing and I want to know that He is real and tangible and I want to be not just to know him, but to be known by him in such a way that I receive his blessing. 
Now, you may need to think about that for a moment. You, you may need to uh, really ponder that for a moment, that, that there's this idea and this question deep in our hearts, how can I be blessed by God in my life? But when you think about it, I think it very clearly comes, becomes real and comes to the surface and helps us realize, yeah, I really, really do want to know that. And because the Lord knows that is something that is written on our hearts, that is at the depths of our souls, this longing, this yearning, this idea of how can I be blessed by the Lord, he has given us a song to sing to him, a song to pray to him and to answer the question of our souls. How can I be blessed by God? I think that's in Psalm 24. So if you would, would you read along with me uh, and glean three things about our God and who he is and what we can experience when we come to him. And if you would, to honor the reading of God's word, would you stand? And by standing, we are affirming and realizing that thus saith the Lord God, this is his word. And we eagerly await what it says. And so would you read with me there? The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully, he will be blessed. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the King of glory will come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of armies. He is the King of glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Number one, we can experience the boundless presence of our seemingly unapproachable God. That's our first point. Now, those aren't there in your bulletin, but you can write them if you'd like. They're very wordy, and I'm sorry, I just sometimes I just can't help myself, okay? But what I want to break, I want to break this down and help you understand it. Number one, we can experience the boundless presence of our seemingly unapproachable God. I think we must first ask a question, how do you view God? And, 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 and I think it's a great way to start because I think oftentimes there, there are ways in which we have been taught either directly or indirectly that affect our way of viewing God. And, and a lot of times, and, and here we are, here we are on Father's Day, right? And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Here we are on Father's Day, and 
either very greatly or tragically the way our earthly fathers have taught us or dealt with us or not dealt with us, depending on where we are, informs how we often, or oftentimes informs how we view our heavenly father. So let me say that again. Oftentimes, and statistics show this, how we have encountered our earthly fathers can affect either positively or negatively how we view our Heavenly Father. If we had a poor relationship with our dad growing up, then it may be that we project onto God the Father what we've seen in our own dads. Or if we've had a very positive experience a wonderful dad a wonderful godly dad who 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 loved us and uh was was gentle with us and taught us and was firm when he needed to be but he was consistent and always there then then just the same way we project god onto god the father the relationship that we had with our dad and so can i just offer uh, just an aside, this is not a part of the passage here, but can I say that to the dads in the room, it's not too late to be the kind of dad that reflects positively our Heavenly Father to your children. And I realize your children may be grown, and, and it's still not too late. Because how you and I as dads deal with our children will help them or hinder them in how they view God. And so, where do we come into this room today? Where, uh, from, from what place have we all come in? Very different. Because everyone's experience is very different. And so how we view God may be very different. And my fear is that many of us may have grown up in a situation, a, a church uh, growing up, a way of being discipled and taught, where we are taught to view that God is some kind of um, uh, unapproachable being that has set all things in order and it, it is just kind of what it is and he really doesn't care. And what this passage helps us to see is that is the furthest thing from the truth. And I hope that's not what you grew up in and I, I hope that's not the view of God that you have, but I want to acknowledge that it could be. Because we may have been led to believe that because God is boundless, right? Remember, we can experience the boundless presence of God. Boundless, transcendent, above, beyond, and, and, and without bound. And God is all of those things and more than we could ever describe or understand. God is full and far beyond what you and I could even fathom. What even the pages of the scripture that reveal much of his character about him, but there are still things we will not understand, perhaps never, but at least once we are able to see him face to face. And that God is not, though he may seem to you like he is unapproachable, that you can't go before him, that you can't be in his presence, that you have no business being with him, nothing could be further from the truth, that that boundless, transcendent, wonderful, magnificent, uh, amazing, without bound, God Almighty beckons you and I into his presence, and you and I can experience him. How do I know that? Well, David, 
the writer of this psalm begins showing you and I how boundless he is. And he says, the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to this God. He is boundless above all and everything falls under his rule and reign. Wow, what a, what a sentence, what a way to help us to see how transcendent God truly is, how boundless he is. And he, he, if that wasn't enough, David continues, for he laid its foundations on the seas and established it on, its, on the river. So he established the entire earth. And David asked a rightful question. This God being who he is, this God who is high and lofty and above you and I and, and so great and mighty and awesome, who can go up to the mountain to be with him? Who can ascend to be in his presence? And he says, who can stand in his holy place? And you would expect, if it, just be, if it just stopped there, you and I would expect, because of his description, we would think, nobody, nobody should be able to stand in the presence of God. In fact, when, when Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, encountered the, the glory of the Lord, it says, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. It was like smoke, and there were angels that wouldn't even look at the presence of God. And God came to this man, Isaiah. What did Isaiah say? say? Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I have no business being in this place, is what he said. David, elsewhere, Psalm 8 says, Who, who are you that, who, who made all the heavens and the earth? Who are you that you would consider me, that you would sit, consider mankind? So the appropriate response seems like it would be, nobody can stand in the presence of God. Nobody deserves to be where he is. But that's not what David says. That's not what the prayer that he's given us to pray informs us to believe. God, yes, he is boundless, matchless, transcendent, far above and beyond you and I. But what does verse 4 say? He says there is a way and there is a type of person who can ascend to the mountain of the Lord and can stand in his place. And he says it's the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully. Who can ascend? Who can stand in holiness? The one who has clean hands. It is possible. It is a way, there is a way you and I can experience the presence of our God. And really the next point tells us how. So we, we know that we can because David says there is a type of person who can, the one who has a clean hands and who, one who has a clean heart. So here, let's answer the question of how. And the second thing that we see is that we can experience the bountiful blessing of our salvation-activating God. I'll say it again because I messed it up. We can experience the bountiful blessing of our salvation-activating God. Verses 4 and 5 tell us who may ascend to the mountain of God and who may stand in His holiness. And it's the one who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not appealed to what is false, who has not sworn deceitfully, 
He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You see, what we we find and we realize is that this God that seemingly should not be able to be approached by you and I, mere humans, extends and offers grace. Extends and offers grace and mercy. Grace is given by God. Grace is available to you and I. And we can have clean hands and a pure heart because God has a salvation for those who trust in Him for their righteousness. You and I, in in and of our own strength, cannot be righteous enough. You and I, in in and of our own strength, cannot be good enough to ascend to the mountain of God, cannot be good enough to go into the holy place, but you and I can be saved and given righteousness so that when we go before the Lord, we can go, as, as we're told in the New Testament, and we can go boldly before the throne of grace. Because grace has been extended to you and I to give us the ability for our sins to be washed away, for our hands to be made clean, for our hearts to be made clean. We talked about that a lot last week. God activates salvation in the hearts of those who trust Him for their forgiveness and for their redemption and for their salvation and for the forgiveness of their sins. And friends, that is something that you can receive today. You don't have to wait. This isn't even the last point. This isn't even an altar call. But you can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today, and He will wash your sins away. He will give you a clean heart, and He will give you clean hands. But you must come before Him humbly and say, Lord, I know that you are above all things. I know that I have no business being in your presence, but I know that you have extended grace through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ so that I can be made clean and I can be made righteous and I have the ability, not of my own merit, but only of yours, to stand now in your holy place, to now ascend up into the presence of the Lord God and to come boldly before your throne of grace. Friends, That is good news. That is far beyond what you and I could ever think or imagine. We have no business being there, yet God welcomes us in because of his son, because of the salvation that he brings. And it is a blessing. You want to know how you can be blessed by God and receive the blessings of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? How can you be blessed by God? By coming before him. One of my, really it's the greatest blessing. It's the greatest blessing. He says, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, and he says in verse 5, he will receive blessing from the Lord. It's the greatest blessing to be once seen as unrighteous, unworthy, No chance, no hope, dead in my trespasses and sin, and to be made alive in Christ, and now a joint heir with Christ, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, someone who can ascend to the, he- mount, the heavenly mountain and say, God, I am not here because of my own merit, because my own merit would have sent me to hell, but I am here because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and I come before you to receive the blessings that you have for me. And we, we, we see in the New Testament that in Christ we have every heavenly blessing. He said we are seated with him in heaven, in heavenly places. And whatever Christ, whatever is afforded to Christ now is afforded to you and I because we are adopted into his family. One of my favorite quotes is from the man who wrote the hymn, Amazing Grace. His name is John Newton, and he was a former slave trader. And when the Lord captured him and showed him his grace and his mercy and changed his life completely, he understood the grace of the Lord. And this is my favorite, one of my favorite quotes. He says, although my memory's fading, he was getting on in years, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. What a blessing that the Lord gives us salvation, and you can know salvation today. Would you fall headlong upon the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, available to you, offered to you in this moment, and would you trust in Christ and call on his name? And the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. Would you call on him today? The third thing that we see is that we can experience the beautiful face of our assurance-giving God. The, The remaining verses of Psalm 24 help us to see this. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. You and I can have our gaze lifted. You and I can have our heads lifted, our countenance lifted. You and I can have our faces lifted heavenward. You and I can look upon the Lord Jesus Christ on his face. You and I can see God for who he is. You and I can look to him and we can seek him and we don't just seek him uh, uh, wondrously like we continue wandering around, but we can seek him and we can find him. And when we find him, we find assurance We find assurance. God tells us in this prayer song, this this psalm that David wrote, he tells us, fix your gaze on heaven and God will hear you and he will come to you. Lift up your heads and the king of glory will come in. Lift up your heads, lift up your eyes, lift up your gaze to the Lord Jesus Christ and he will answer you and he will give you His very self. You want to see and receive the blessing from God? Be cleansed by Jesus and look on him. And when we do, all things 
will fade as we look on who his wonderful face I want to close a little differently than normal and I'm going to ask Jason to go ahead and come up normally normally I offer a response time but today I wonder would you sing with me would you sing with me words that I think would be very familiar to you but would you sing with me with these ideas in mind with these things that we've learned today in mind now listen in just a moment if you want to trust Christ if you want to come forward anything that you want to make a decision about you come forward this is this is not the only response but in this moment this is the response would you sing with me and by doing so we're going to sing turn your eyes upon Jesus would you stand and we're just going to sing most of the acapella. Jason's given us a key so I don't sing in the stratosphere because I like to do that. And uh, he's given us the appropriate key. But would you sing with me? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Sing it again. Turn your eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, look full in his wonderful face, and the things will grow strangely dim, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory.